my name is Aileen and I'm the Alumni Engagement Officer here at Pearson College. I'm very blessed to be here today on the traditional and unceded territory of Xi'anu First Nations, otherwise known as Beecher Bay. And I'm thrilled here to introduce today's special guest, Dr. Lori Houston. In my short seven months here at Pearson, Lori has been an amazing alumna to connect with. She is a community builder, developing numerous bridges, obtaining several resources, and linking us with various talented individuals. Now, Lori, you were a part of our Climate um, Action and Sustainability Symposium on the alumni panel, and you've led fundraising efforts for Pearson's Greenhouse and Composting Initiative, and you've led the Global Village Speaker Series. You're a CALD diploma mentor and a cult to a CALD student, and you even introduced our school's dental recycling program. Is there anything that you don't do? Well, very nice of you to say that, Aileen, and thank you for all the accolades. Um, is there anything? I, there's lots I don't do. There's lots I'd like to do, um, and uh, I, I actually enjoy contributing. It's my way of giving back, and I, you know, I invite all alum to feel in similarly. Thank you so much for for joining us today. Um, could you briefly introduce your yourself, your PC year, and what you're currently working on? So I'm. PC year three. I'm an old gal. Uh, I am a practicing general dentist and have been since 1985. Uh, I am currently on the board of directors for the Ontario Dental Association. I am the uh, chair of our environmental sustainability working group. I work two full days a, a week uh, in clinic and I work uh, at an Indigenous community once a month. I also do have a nonprofit uh, called Can Help Through Healthcare, and I lead dental missions to developing countries. It's amazing. And so you're a very busy professional. How, how did you end up becoming the sustainability chair for the Ontario Dental Association? When we were shut down during COVID, so uh, all dentist offices were shut down for three months during COVID, and we were all scrambling to figure out how we could get back to work, given the fact that here's a, a, an unknown respiratory illness uh, sh scaring the bejesus out of the entire world. And, you know, we're dentists. So what do we do? We ask people to open their mouths and we work right in that vicinity. So... I started to do a lot of literature searches and it led me to understand just how much waste is produced in healthcare and uh, to further understand the repercussions of the breakdown of that waste into the environment. And I just felt I had to address this issue. And what are some of the challenges that you're currently facing in that role? Huge challenges actually, because humans being who they are, it is very, very difficult to change behavior. And that is in every sense of the word with uh, our regulatory bodies, with my fellow professionals. I continue to try and plant seeds and make them understand just how critical this issue is. Uh, a lot of people are dismissing climate change in our environmental sustainability uh, dilemma because they feel like they can't do anything. And so they just bury their head in the sand or it just depresses them and they don't want to face it. So I, I understand that behavior. It's not going to help in any way, shape or form. And so I, I'm really trying to educate people and push them to understand the gravity of the situation and the urgency of the situation. 
And would you say this is what led your interest in starting the Global Village Speaker Series? Well, actually, it's a fellow colleague that's that uh, spurred me to do that. We have, I'm sorry to say, lost Jörg von Ullenberg from year five. And GJ was a climatologist specializing in extreme weather and climate change. And when we were all shut down during COVID, I noticed on his Facebook profile that he absolutely radiated when he was being interviewed about his work. And I also knew that GJ was sick. And I thought, we have to hear what GJ has to tell us, learn from him about climate change. And, and he would do it in an unbiased fashion and give us, you know, the facts, which is very important, which he did. And that was our first Global Village Speaker Series. And then other alums said, you have to keep doing this. So I kept doing it. It's amazing. I've sat in in a few and they're, you know, really informative. And there's so much attendance from around the world. It's not just, you know, regional. So thank no, you. No, it's wonderful. It's, it's lovely to get our colleagues into a virtual meeting. The fact that we can do this with technology is it still amazes me when I consider that when I went to Pearson College, there was no email. You maybe got a phone call once in a blue moon or the, or the ability to use the phone. And, uh, you know, you waited with bated breath when the mailman came. <laughs> so, Lori, I know you don't sleep much because you've been arranging all these GVSS uh, and then you're working full time and with your NGO. Um, so I know you don't sleep much, but I want to know what motivates you to get up in the morning and what keeps you up at night? So I'll start with what keeps me up at night and the urgency of climate change and what's happening to our environment with respect to uh, the products that humans create, specifically microplastics and nanoplastics, the research is starting to become more fulsome. Uh, in fact, just this week, I wrote an art, I read an article uh, about a new disease in birds, and the disease is called plasticosis. In other words, these birds are now dying from ingesting so much plastic in the environment that it affects their GI tract to the point where they can no longer survive. And I would implore everyone to realize if this isn't the canary in the coal mine, I don't know what is. So this keeps me up at night. We actually are breathing in microplastics in whatever room you're in. They're in all of our water supplies. They're in our food chain. It's this is what keeps me up at night. What gets me up in the morning is doing something about it because a lot of people have no idea just how egregious this situation is. And the fact that governments and corporate uh, uh, structures are not changing their behaviors, and, and there's such a need to do this. We have to start reining in our plastic use and only using it in a judicious manner and recycling whatever we have to use. Mm. Do you have advice for for us and, and the audience? You know, how can we start or what do we do um, in terms of the being more aware and making sure that our, our dentists are, are using less plastics? Well, you know, it's all about, again, it's about education. So when you go into your dental office, you can ask those questions, ask them what they're doing to try and be more sustainable. And hopefully they have an answer for you. And if they don't, well, I've now educated you and you can tell them what they can be doing and should be doing, which is what I've titled my presentation to the dentists that I speak to on a regular basis. And, um, 
be a leader in terms of emanating sustainability in your own life and researching how you can be more sustainable in all aspects of life, including transportation, uh, what you wear, what you eat, uh, how you just day-to-day activities. There's so much we can do to be mindful, to be more sustainable, and then lead by example and share that information with those around you. Now, Laurie, with International Women's Day coming up, it's a time to celebrate women's achievements throughout history and across the world. Could you share a little about what you are doing um, with some of the international work that you've been doing? Well, I've created a nonprofit corporation called Can Help Through Healthcare, and I've been doing volunteer dental work since 2012. I've worked with several different charitable foundations and organizations, and in every case, I'm sorry to say, there was always something problematic, being lack of transparency with financials or uh, lack of infection control protocols in the countries we work in, which always boggled my mind because why would would you try to do things differently in another country i would want to be delivering dentistry that i would be happy to have my family uh be in a situation where they could use it and i would feel comfortable with that um in any case uh that i think is demonstrative of um what you can do as a woman, because very often these countries that I go into, to a certain extent, can be a little misogynistic. Um, you know, women's rights is are it's not something that's as highly profiled as it is in in some of the Western countries. And uh, demonstrating to young women and little girls that they can be a professional is huge. So that's really fantastic work, Lori. I know I've been trying to connect with you and a former faculty member, Jeffrey, um, and, and a part of the, the Kule Initiative, which is to help students in Kenya as well as Uganda um, to dental work and the dental mission. Uh, what Can you share some of the experience that you get? You know, what is that feeling or what is what do you get from doing the dental mission with your team? There's quite a satisfaction in knowing that you're delivering good quality dental uh, procedures to a population that otherwise would not have the ability to receive that treatment. Quite often in these countries, they not only don't receive dental treatment, they don't receive medical treatment. So it's it's very satisfying to be able to provide that but further to that my bigger challenge is to create long-term projects in specific communities to uh, try and create bonds of trust so that education is is the main ob- objective in terms of um, health care because if i can teach communities what it means to have proper nutrition as appropriate for their financial situation and uh, proper oral hygiene, then you mitigate the need for treatment, which is is, is such a bonus in so many ways because they won't have to suffer through treatment. It, it, for instance, if they have a dental abscess, if they've, if they've been educated to look after their mouths properly, they won't need treatment, which means we've also been sustainable because not having treatment is the most sustainable thing you can do as a professional in in terms of educating your patients so that no treatment is needed. Of all the things that you're doing, I was just wondering if there's any way that Pearson College or UWC as a whole can support you to continue living out this UWC mission? 
Well, in fact, um, I have some of the missions I've been on in the past, some of my colleagues have joined me and it's been very rewarding to have them along. And two other colleagues just recently have stepped up and offered their Spanish speaking services and, and I can certainly train them to do sterilization procedures. And they're anxious to go on one of my missions uh, either later this year or early next year, which is fabulous. And I'm I've also been asked by a medical organization in Kenya to return to Kenya, where, where I've already worked uh, before. And um, I'm hoping to uh, be able to facilitate that trip. The big stumbling block is getting through customs, which was an absolute and utter nightmare the last time I went. And fortunately, we have a year six uh, federal senator of Canada who has been terrific in trying to uh, move that process along. So fingers crossed. That's excellent. Are there any, so again, kind of repeating what, you know, you've been doing for, for Pearson College, you know, from the little time that I've been here and been working with you, what are some goals and initiatives or, or you know, even name, you know, what is your favorite way that you've been working with Pearson College in the last little while? I've really enjoyed working with you, Aileen, because um, you've made me aware of what some of the sustainability issues are at Pearson College, and which is why I, I initiated that fundraiser. The fact that the greenhouse uh, needs repair, uh, that there isn't a fulsome composting program in place at this time, and um, we also have, uh, well, we've joined uh, up with the year 39 uh, colleague Fatih, who actually has expertise in the solar panel uh, situation. And Fatih has been wonderful to come out and try and do an assessment of a small solar panel project, which could be experiential for the students. And because of his connections within that field, he's saved a great deal of money for the college if they implement that project. I also have Chloe Deer from Year 7 who did a wonderful Global Village speaker series on regenerative agriculture and Chloe has offered to come out and help with the greenhouse and planting uh, objectives. So, you know, I think if I had anything to say to the college, it would be don't forget your alumni are there to help in their various uh, avenues of expertise and they want to help and, you know, let them do so because I think that's a great way to build community connections. Um, and, and I see that as a way forward for the alum to, to support the college uh, over and above financial support. It's true. And I, I've seen how beneficial the relationships that we've connected, like how we've built are really benefiting the students and, and the college. Um, and so it's been really fun and amazing. It's been amazing work. So I actually have a lot to be you know, thankful for. And, and I want to say it's alumni like you that inspire me to do more and, and to do better. And it's a major reason why I stepped into the sustainability coordinating role. And so before we wrap up, I, I really want to thank you, Lori. I want to thank you for you know the time today that you have invested to this podcast. I want to thank you for all your contributions and the efforts that you've put into the Pearson community to make it a fun place to work, live, and grow. Um, is there any closing remarks, anything else you'd like to share before we, we sign off? Uh, I guess the only thing I would say is I would encourage all of my colleagues to consider volunteering, which I'm sure many of you are doing. You will get more back than what you give. And um, 
try to feel a sense of gratitude every day in your life and be kind to each other. Excellent. That's great advice. Be kind. Um, and yeah, reach out to me and reach out to anyone at the college if, if they'd like to be in touch and come and live on campus and take part and participate in the alumni and residence program. I hope to see you soon, Lori. Thank you very much. Thank you for this opportunity, Aileen. Lovely to talk with you as always. If you would like to learn more about what we do at Pearson, visit our website at www.pearsoncollege.ca. You can also subscribe to Pearson E! News and keep an eye on our social media pages for the latest updates.